And the award for best picture goes to Black Panther. Hey, Cam- Cameron, Cameron, wake up. Huh? You, fall asleep? You, you asleep? Oh, shit, I missed the Oscars. Damn, damn. Did I miss Chadwick's speech? Did they win? Yeah. Ch- Chadwick's speech for, for what? For Black Panther, they won it won Best Picture, right? It's like the it's like far and away the best movie. Uh, it didn't win. It didn't win. It's up against what? The Vice and Bohemian Rhapsody. Tell me, mm-hmm. those didn't win. Oh no 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 no! All right all right all right. So we, it had to be. I mean, Black Klansman. This is Spike's best movie in fifteen years. Uh, yeah, that didn't win either. Oh, oh my god. All right, so, like, at least Roma, like, Alfonso Cuaron, like, a, a, a Mexican dude, at least, come on, like, he, he shot that movie himself. It's beautiful. Did, yeah. Did I mean, that he, win? He did that, but that yeah. that isn't what won. I mean, at least, I mean... Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, Cameron. You know what? I'm gonna just go back to sleep. Yeah, I'm gonna just go to sleep. That's a wake good me idea. up. Wake me up at the Oscars next year. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, White People Won't Save You. Uh, this is a podcast that's all about deconstructing the white savior trope and idea in film and then recontextualizing it and recentering it through a Black lens and uh, a lens of people of color. Because these movies are wild. Cameron, I'm going to tell you right <laughs> We watched one so far, and like I'm... I'm feeling feelings. I'm having not issues. They got me. I'm in my feelings. Yeah. No. It's 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 gonna be a ride. This is gonna be experience. So I feel like if you if you came here uh, for analysis, you've got that. But if you just came here to hear people be messy, like I think that's also gonna happen. To live. I'm I'm saying goodbye to my career already. <laughs> um. But yeah, we should we should introduce ourselves for people who don't yes. know who we are. Uh, so I'm Jordan Clark. I am a comic book writer. I live in Baltimore, Maryland. If you know me, you might know me from from Aquaman. I wrote uh, the two Jackson issues from last year. I also written for IDW. I've done Gash yourself, dog. Gash yourself. I've done uh, a little bit for uh, for Image Comics, the Bitch Planet triple feature. Um, doing some some of my own comics now. So hopefully those will be coming out soon. Cameron, tell the people a little bit about, about yourself. Uh, my name is Cameron Mason. I am an actor and comedian living in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I'm from Baltimore originally, which is how me and Jordan know each other. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you can catch me on uh, your television sometimes, <laughs> hawking shit that, you know, they pay me to do. They pay me to smile and yeah. Say that stuff, and I can do that pretty well. I <laughs> recognize that face from that Swing commercial. Where, where hey, the, watch, uh, the good people at Swing. That you, hey, you could be a sponsor for this too. This yeah. is for everybody. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason that we wanted to do this podcast, I think, is is because 
just of like the reach of these movies uh the, obviously the content of these movies um and wild the, yes and just and just the way that you know they they really speak to like the american psyche you know what i mean but also they're the way that they represent black people just far and wide because these movies are ubiquitous these are movies that you see as a child these are billed mm-hmm. as family movies as feel-good movies mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them are oscar winning films and like as a black person <laughs> watching these movies um i mean it's it is it's insulting right but it's also just like when you when you look at what's going on on the screen oftentimes you're just like the the black people and the people of color in these movies are so much more interesting their stories are so much more interesting the content is so much more interesting and yet they're being shackled into these white savior movies also going to talk about just like as an actor right like these are kind of the roles that you get and these are the kind of the roles that you get if you want to win shit like these if you want to if you want to go big if you want right. to go big like this is how Viola Davis became Viola Davis in the household. This is how Denzel became Denzel. I mean, a lot of this is how Denzel became Denzel. Exactly. Yeah, a lot Worried. of these, a lot of these movies like are where a lot of big black Hollywood actors got their start because right. they needed somebody to play <laughs> historical figure number you one. Somebody to hey, <laughs> get that dance going. Um, and and so I, I think there's, there's a lot of angles to really discuss this from. So. You know, like the, the name, the name comes from, if you're familiar with um, Random Acts of Fly Nuts by Terrence Nance. Um, An excellent show, which I, uh, a messy show, but like striving for things that you really don't see on TV. It, when I watched it, I was like, this, not even like this is on HBO, but this is on, like this is just on. This is on TV. <laughs> Some some white people let this happen yeah they paid him to do this and i was just like oh. and i'm grateful for it but i'm <laughs> yeah. also like okay and i mean much love to him and, and much props to him uh for yes. for doing all the things that he did with that show hopefully season yeah. two is coming soon um here it is i hear it's in the works okay but if you so if you go to white people won't save you.org which is a website that he set up it's no. basically an endless loop of white savior films like literally i watched this for maybe 30 minutes and like you you never see the same clip twice yeah yeah it's constantly bringing in more and more of these films and basically the point of it is like this is ridiculous this is ridiculous you know it makes me crazy it makes me it makes me feel crazy it makes about being black (laughs) it makes you feel crazy and I would say there's there's a there's a range in the spectrum, right? On the whole, mm. on the whole, these are not good movies, right? Like on the on whole, the whole, on the whole, there are like usually middling to bad. Like they're yeah. rarely, if at all, great. Right. Like there are like, films there objectively. Are films, right. There are films like Lawrence of Arabia, which is like that's yeah. a pretty good movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it's very yeah. problematic. <laughs> But but sure. it is a well-made film. It's right. well-acted, you know, all of that stuff, right? Um, all the way to uh, a movie that we hopefully will be covering soon, White Man's Burden, <laughs> which is... Oh, I can't wait. Just well, I, 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 I want to pick it apart with... The- <laughs> 
surgical, surgical. We're going to get into this movie. It's crazy. So basically, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to watch these movies. We're going to give you a brief overview of these films. Like some of these films, again, Dangerous Minds and Glory. And we were talking about Green Book today. Like these are movies that people have seen. They're Oscar winning films. Mm. Um, You know, there are movies that, you know, we don't really have to go too much in depth in terms of like the movie itself, what happened. But what we are interested in is the reception of these films. So we're going to talk about the way that these movies were reviewed at the time, the way that people talk about these movies mm-hmm. at and the, the time. around them, yeah. Right. And, and now, like, just not even 1980-whatever when the movie came out, but, like, how people still view these movies as good movies or movies that... Ensure- are important. People right. think these movies are, like, important. These are movies that people use to instruct about race or learn about historical figures or historical events or We are literally fighting about in in Congress right now. We're fighting about getting critical race theory taught mm-hmm. in schools so we can understand each other as yeah. fucking people. Yet here we are saying that the best version yeah. of that explanation can be found in Green Book or Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah or the blind side. This is how white people and black people yeah. can coexist. But that's the thing. They won't let you You're teach crazy. About, they won't let you teach about these things, but they will show you the blind side. But they'll show you that shit. When, when the <laughs> second like, teacher is there, you know? So, yeah, it's, so we're going to talk about like these movies, specifically the ones that have won awards, like Green Book, mm. uh, that are, you know, very successful. And then we're going to pitch these movies without the white savior we're gonna go back (laughs) and figure out how could these movies have been made without just like this whole white savior narrative because a lot of the time the white savior is completely unnecessary like right right hidden figures it's literally a composite white man that was created specifically for that movie right played beautifully by kevin costner i mean come on the man (laughs) the man does the good work he does good work okay right but it's like we can't we can't rock him of that we can't rob him of that. And so many, but so many times too, right? Like the white savior is an invented character because right. the studio is like, we can't sell this movie about black people or Latinx people or Asian people. We need a famous a white, white composite. Avatar. Right. A, a white avatar. Right. To like experience avatar. the, <laughs> to experience and or give the racism. Right. And, <laughs> and kind of be like an audience surrogate. Like you, right. you'll never understand this movie unless there's a way. Because, because they're made for the, this is what I was going to uh, read. <laughs> instead, And instead I just went out and bought some Popeyes. But I was going to read <laughs> uh, uh, some work on the white gaze because yeah. the, or the white gaze when it comes to art specifically and mm-hmm. what, what they're trying to do here, what well, what happens in these movies is that they're ending up usually made for the white gaze. Speak on it. But here we are, the black person in the movie is usually the more dynamic character, the mm-hmm. more interesting story. Preach. So these stories are usually like manufactured to be about the black character, no matter what. Like, it, Green Book is about Don Shirley, right? Green Book is yeah. about the fact that a black man toured classical music in the South. There's no movie without Don Shirley. Like, there's, there's no, no what did he, <laughs> what did Viggo Mortensen do? If we erase him from the Green Book, who bought the Green Book? Actually, why the <laughs> fuck would he even take a trip? There's no reason for him to take a trip. Yeah. He could continue being his racist ass self 
live his life in wherever where are they live in like brooklyn they live in brooklyn i think queens in queens uh, it don't matter half of new york city is racist anyway <laughs> it don't matter like i live here every day i'm surprised i don't get called naked more more than i do uh, uh what i'm saying is like these these movies are engineered for white people to feel feel that what that avatar feels whenever whatever a situation it may be in green book yeah. it's that uh I didn't know about sundown towns. I didn't know about uh, green books. I didn't know about racism in the South. I didn't Ooh. know the black. <laughs> <laughs> and like, then we have, then we have a person like Mahershala Ali who comes in to, to play Don Shirley here, the, the classical pianist slash doctor. And he gives a magnet, a magnetic performance that you, mm-hmm. which in my letterbox review, I added a whole star to my letterbox review simply for his performance because it is a good performance yes it's a very good performance yeah. that he won an oscar for so you're usually you're usually these audiences these white audiences are usually watching a dynamic black performance and learning about how okay that how okay black people were or are yes. or you know can exist can coexist in their lives whether yeah. it be dangerous minds and you learn that hood kids ain't that bad or uh uh glory where black people would want to fight for america the place they fucking live or you know green book where oh they play piano too yeah and they Mo- speak mozart was the only language. person that played pi- oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> so crazy <laughs> i i mean i th- i feel like that's like such a good point just in terms of how these movies are created right. and and designed to be viewed specifically from the white gaze because movies and most honestly most art yeah that engages with the black experience unless it's made by black people right and even then sometimes we make it for we make our art for the white gaze yes uh example them on amazon mm-hmm. i don't know if you checked it out i i don't think i can watch that show from what I don't, read. I don't, I don't, don't. I want to. <laughs> it, it's, don't, it is literally American horror story, com, colon, yeah. being black in America in the 1950s. Well, and now, and now we're getting uh, Karen of the, the Jordan Peele. Oh record. my god, you saw, you saw this, oh, right? I, I, part of me is just like, I gotta see this movie. <laughs> I, dude, I thought it was a joke all the way up until like I saw the credits, there were actual people in the credits. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke trailer, like BuzzFeed, just like mm. put some money in. Homegirl mm-hmm. from Orange is the New Black was like, I'm not doing anything. I, you know, yeah. what am I doing? I don't know the black people in that movie, but they seem like they were just like having a goof. It's having amazing. a laugh. But then I'm like, I see there's like, oh, different sets and like there's yeah. multiple people in this movie. This ain't a they were hired. It's, it did it's, work. It's made by a man named Coke Daniels. <laughs> who Coke? Uh, Coke coke daniels uh who yeah, that ain't the only place coke came into play with this movie <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that though yeah i mean if you look up his imdb page you kind of get the vibe so this is in line with this nigga has uh, more movies than one you bet <laughs> this is his this is his next opus but Karen. i <laughs> but i think that is important to kind of see because when you when you watch these movies clearly we are not it's not even like we're not the we're we are not the focus very very no. obviously these but, movies aren't for us these, these movies aren't made for us or uh by us right but i think we, we we've talked about this previously is that 
when you watch these movies, right? Like mm. there is this kind of there's a there's a dichotomy happening, right? Where like white people are watching these movies and they're living and experiencing these events through the white lens, the white gaze. Right, through, through that character. avatar character or whoever. But when I'm watching these movies, I'm the black people, right? Like, Right, I'm, you have no choice. You have no right. choice but to watch it through that lens. Or even if you watch it subjectively, as a black person, you are going to be, you're just going to empathize with the black character. Yes. It's in your nature. <laughs> And so, and these are the, but these are the movies that are like telling our history or like right, about right. our important iconic Hidden figures. figures. Who's it for? Right. It's not for us because we know that we were doing shit. Right. <laughs> we know that we knew math in 1965. Like, yep. But I think that's the thing is like, we, it's, it's important for us to critique these movies, um, right. but then also to, to recontextualize them. So that we can see them through a black lens, because so we can see, so we can see ourselves in them and actually like understand at least what the, some movie was trying to teach, right? And maybe us, right? Because that's the thing. This this movie in particular is a movie where it's just like God. Don Shirley is fascinating. Like there's so many elements of his life and so many little things that Mahershala drops throughout that I'm like, that's a movie. That's the thing. Like, I want to give me more of that. Why are we skipping ahead to something else that I don't care about? Take me back to that moment where he said that thing or he gave that look or like, you know, just like him sitting alone and like, like so many things I want to know more I want to know about this, like the Carnegie Hall. He lives in an apartment yes. above Carnegie Hall. Yes. A place he performed at regularly. Yes. Like, it's, it's crazy that this is a movie that takes the focus away from him so much to put it on such a not interesting character who has really nothing really, to offer. Really? Uh, so should we just get into it? Should we just get into the movie? Because we're just so, like talking all over it. Yeah, let's, so so let's get into the movie. Here's, so this is Green Book. This is Green Book. I, I, need, to, I need to read something to you. and Please read! <laughs> because Educate me. This is something um I I did I, I I did as much research as I could stomach <laughs> after watching this movie. I hear and, you. You know, I just I wanted to hear what other people were saying about it and what other people were talking about. And so shout shout out to the Black Men Can't Jump podcast. I listened yes. to uh, their episode on this, and they mentioned this. And then I had to follow up and and do some extra research into it because 2018 is a crazy year. Like I want to put this into proper film. context. Yes, when we talk about this movie, listen yes. to the movies, just the black movies, just the movies directed by black people, or the movies directed by people of color or starring people of color that came out in 2018. Oh, I love this! I love this. Same year, Black Klansmen came out in 2018. Ooh, Black Panther. I saw that with a white man. I saw that with a white man. <laughs> how did that? I go? saw Black Klansmen with a white man. He invited me to see the movie. How, what was that like? What was the conversation afterwards? It didn't exist, actually. <laughs> we, like, saw the movie, and we, we, like, barely talked about it. We were just like, and this is a guy who I, I mean, friends, nice guy, you know? Mm -hmm. I was working at Metrograph, uh, the movie theater here in New York, the uh, repertory movie theater. And, you know, you get to meet people. You just end up talking to whoever. Yeah. And I met this nice guy. Um, he was an actor at a time. So, you know, we had an income talking about entertainment business, whatever. And he invited me to go see like an advanced screening of Black Klansmen 
at like a Dolby Atmos theater. It was like the biggest oh. screen in the world, like 8.1 surround sound. Uh, Black Klansman doesn't need 8.1 at all to <laughs> exist, by the way, but it did fine. Um, that's crazy. And yeah, and after the movie, I expected like this very awkward, like, you know, I didn't know you were a normal human until I saw this movie. And then I was just like, I can't believe you breathe. Uh, but there was like, no, we were just like, oh, good movie. Spike was pretty good this time, you know? Yeah. And then we were just like, we were out. Like, I was gone. All right. Like two minutes, two minutes later, I was on the A train by myself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> go, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Black Kansman comes out. Black, yes. Black Panther comes out. Woo! Uh, a Wrinkle in Time, Ava DuVernay. Okay. Uh, if Beale Street Could Talk. Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic piece of work. Incredible movie. Blind Spotting. Um, Beautiful. The Hate You Give. Which Sorry. I, The Hate You Give needs more love. Mm-hmm. Amanda Stenberg in, in The Hate You Give needs a little bit more love, honestly. That's an, an that's an, that's a, a career-making performance, and we did not talk about it at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I saw that movie when it came out. I like I like the hit you give. There's a I l- like it just fine. I think it's like a B, yeah, B plus at times. There's a little bit at the end where it turns into like an after school special. I'm just like, sure, oh, sure, and I, and I and I bought it. I bought it too. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it. I was like, all right, you know, it was a little sing songy, but you know, we here though. Yeah, you really with the shits. I I mean, but I was I I enjoyed it overall. Um, yeah. Sorry to bother you came out in 2018. Sorry to bother you was also one of my blind spotting and sorry to bother you were like my two like coming for number one spots incredible. that year. Incredible, movie. incredible, incredible movies. Um, Crazy Rich Asians came out in 2018. Shocked the world. Yeah. <laughs> Widows came out. Um, oh. Widows. Widows was good. Roma came Widows out. Widows is Roma. Roma. Uh this is a good it, year for movies. Into the Spider-Verse came out. This is a great year for movies. Yeah. And then I I included this. It technically was in 2019, in January of 2019, but like that's kind of just like kind of sneaky. Like if a few weeks before it would have been 2018. Uh is Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is like love, 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 love that movie. Uh, like new new black classic as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Like incredible. new black classic, incredible. Um, those all came out in the same year, and that's just the black movies. Annihilation right. came out that year. Isle of Dogs came are... out that year. A Quiet. Oh yeah. Avengers: Infinity War. Like what? This whole year is banging. Hereditary came out that year. These are just the movies that I wrote. I did not see Hereditary until the year after, but swear to God, like I was, I was not ready for that. All of these movies came out in the same year. Green as Book, Green Book. As which the, one? The best picture. <laughs> best picture. Wait, 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 wait. Can we get, do you have it in front of you? What was nominated? Because I want to read this off. Um, okay, here we go. Oh, go ahead. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, oh my God. So a lot of the movies you just listed are there. Mm-hmm. Along the winner, along with the winner Green Book. We also have Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Black Panther and Roma, all nominated for Best Picture, along with A Star Is Born, yeah, which is actually like up there, actually yeah. deserves deserves to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, which 
not necessarily best picture, but there's a good performance. There's a really good performance in an okay movie in there. The favorite, mm-hmm. the Yorgos Lanthimos comedy with Rachel Weisz and yeah. uh, Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. And Vice. Okay. Adam McKay's movie about uh, Dick Cheney. Yeah. Which I didn't see. I, that's the only one on the list I hadn't seen. Like, all of those unequivocally, objectively, better movies than Green Book. <laughs> all of them. All of them. I haven't even seen Vice, and I can fucking count for that. Like, it's wild. I actually have seen, I've seen all of those movies in the theater except for Green Book and Vice. Yeah. Those are the only two I didn't see in the theater. And I saw Green Book after the fact on, like, Hulu or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's wild that all of those movies not only came out in the same year, because that's just... Oh, like, my God, came out in the film. same year. But the Academy watched all of those movies and was like, uh, I think the one about the white guy from <laughs> the black guy around is the best one. Wait, wait, wait. Black Panther created an entire universe. Yes. Created an entire universe that literally, like, like I've never seen black people so behind one piece of culture yes. at the same time. I, I, maybe since... Fuck, I don't even... Fucking no. Like, I don't know the last time I saw black people all behind one thing. We were all like, that thing is good. We all agree. Yes. Nobody, like, we'll no contrarianism. You. We'll fight you. Yes. We will fight you. No <laughs> contrarianism. No nothing. I'll, I'll fucking slap your mother in the face if you say this shit is bad. Like, yes. Well, because crazy. I, I will say, like, Oh my god. All of these movies, I'm, I'm getting lightheaded. It's crazy. All, all of these movies, there's so many movies that are also dealing with similar subject matter to what Green Book is dealing with. So Black Klansman is literally this not the yeah. same subject, but it's a more interesting story about our Blind, racial history about our history yes. as a country. And Blind Spotting is the same movie, just like a modern update of an interracial friendship. Like Blind Spotting was never going to be nominated for Best Picture, along with right. Sorry to Bother You, but they're both way more interesting takes on yeah. racism in America or just race in America, being a black man in America than Green Book. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, like, again, we you talked about The Hate You Give. Like, it's a good movie. Like, it, you know, it's, it's a good it's, movie it's, it's with a really, with an A-plus performance. Yes. but A-plus performance in that movie. Like, I will say, like, Green Book makes The Hate You Give look like the color purple in terms of, like... Yo! <laughs> just the way... <laughs> it's so real, though. It's so real. Green Book is, like, Green Book is, like, the schoolhouse rock version Yes. Of fucking like any of the white savior movie. It really yes. is. Well, because it's it's so like on its face about black people aren't so bad. But it's it's a movie like people have commented on this a number of times. It's a movie that could have come out 20 years ago, 30 years oh, yeah. ago, 40 uh, years yeah. ago, 50 years ago. Like but it's it's made it's, this movie once a, once every 10 years and you would have never known. Yes. And that's why, I mean, I had the thought. I mean, technically we did. It's Driving Miss Daisy. It's right. the fucking same movie. Which similarly beat out switch, Spike. Switch their seats. Right. I mean, that's why Spike was like, <laughs> I mean, anytime a motherfucker makes a movie about driving, I lose. Like, I can't. <laughs> He's right. I can't He's win. Right. You know? That's crazy that that's like Spike's other best picture nom. Yeah. That's kind of wild. He's got weird. at least... A- I don't want this to become Spike Lee podcast because it could easily become that. Yeah. But he's only wait—he's only been nominated for Best Picture maybe. 
twice i think so black Klansmen to do the right thing right uh yes for best picture hold on i think i can do this research very quickly i want to say was it malcolm x the one that lost to driving miss daisy yeah <laughs> that's his no that's his sole oscar nomination for best picture and the best director is he's been nominated for direct and, and for and for director yeah that's his sole nomination for director that's sickening yeah well that's what that's i'm saying sickening like for he's not he was nominated for do the right thing for screenplay and he was nominated for a documentary for four little girls okay and won an honorary an honorary oscar in 2016 okay that's the end of my research about him. <laughs> like that's that's fucking gross the academy is that's gross i mean you know the whole oscar so white i want to say it was 2016 it's yeah i'm sorry it's I'm... it's i mean when you think about again just the the way that these movies come out almost like clockwork and receive the same rapid not even just praise but like people act like they've never seen this movie before like people act people like this will is a actually... novel, <laughs> like it's a new idea like it was something that just like, wow <laughs> i can't believe we did this you know we did it we no we did it joe yeah we did it we did it joe because i mean it's it's not even just i mean it's driving miss daisy but like it's it's such a basic story it's such a basic movie. Like Mahershala is great. Mahershala is legitimately great in the movie. Nothing else about the movie. The only like Mahershala's performance and the soundtrack are the only things that I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Everything else, I was right, like, right. So let's let's just get into it. So let's get into it. Uh, Green Book again came out in 2018, directed by uh, Peter Farley, who of Dumb and Dumber fame, of Dumb and Dumber fame, of something about Mary fame, of Kingpin. This fame. guy. Yes, this uh, guy. Actually, I like there's something about Mary. I'm not going front. Like, <laughs> that's a like, that's one of the better American comedies of the '90s. Yeah. Uh, it's produced by nothing but white people. It's set for they got Octavia Spencer to put her name on it. Uh, Octavia Spencer did. So yes. that's kind of their their get out of free card. It's written by three white men. It's written by Tony uh, Vallelongo's son, Nick Vallelongo. Nick Vallelongo, yeah. Brian Hayes Curry, and again Peter Farley, stars Viggo Mortensen. Mahershala Ali and uh, a couple other people you might know, like Linda Cardellini. Shout, shout out Linda Cardellini from uh, Freaks and Geeks and mm-hmm. like your favorite show along the way somewhere. Like she's great at just like popping up. Yeah. I mean, that's what she, she pops up in really great stuff. She just literally pops up in this movie. Like her character is just kind of, she's just there. As the person who offered the two <laughs> black people lemonade in her own fucking house. Yep. Mm. Ugh, I'm sorry. So yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna quickly summarize because again, I feel like a lot of people, if you haven't seen this movie, you've seen the pertinent scenes from this movie or heard people talk about them or just heard conversation about them. But just so right. we all have context for what we're gonna discuss in a bit, this movie opens with a lie because the first thing <laughs> <laughs> that you see on the screen is inspired, out, the, out the gate. This movie is some bullshit. Inspired by a true story, which is just not. No, I mean, we'll just we'll, we'll take a little quick detour before we get back into the movie because there is numerous controversies about what is true and what is not true. What is so, factual in this movie? Because uh, yeah, they took some liberties. Nick Vallelongo again is Tony Vallelongo's son, and he had been basically championing and, and trying to get this movie made for years. And yeah. it's based on, according to him, stories that his dad would tell him about his time with Doctor Shirley 
audio recordings that he had of his dad telling stories, a few audio recordings of, of Dr. Shirley, uh, but those are also from Lost Bohemia, which was a, a documentary about the apartments and like artist residencies above Carnegie Hall. So there's, there's some, you know, information from there. They have the letters that you see them like write and send in the movie. Like obviously those are real and like they have, they've, they've kept those and kind of sourced from those. But basically this whole thing is just, my dad told me, <laughs> and that's, and that's true. It's, it is, why would my dad lie? Why would my dad make I mean, any of this up? I mean, that's the American way, right? That's the so, American story is my daddy told me. It's my all, daddy gave yeah. me money. It's so it's all it's all from Tony Vallelongo's perspective, from his recollections, from his you know stories that he told his son. Yes, so that's important that this movie is told. He is the lead character. He is the point of entry to the story. He's the point of entry. Don Shirley's family not even like consulted involved anything. Uh, Wasn't consulted at all. No. Oh my god. Mahershala Ali is on record saying numerous times before, you know, all the controversy broke out. Oh, you know, like I didn't have access to them. I didn't know they were alive. Like I didn't know he had any living relatives or anybody to speak to or anybody that I could get, you know, a firsthand perspective or recollection from. So all of this movie, again, is is basically Nick Vallelongo saying, this is what my dad said. And there's no fact checking or no, maybe we should ask, you know, Don Shirley's family to like corroborate or maybe he, there's another. No, it's just, this is from my dad. So then- Imagine making a movie about Stevie Wonder and <laughs> it's from the point of view of the guy who delivered him a pepperoni pizza while he was making songs in the key of life. I dare somebody to make that movie. I'll fucking punch Hollywood in the face. So- How, how dare, um, anyway. Don's brother, Maurice, who is alive, surprised to uh, right. the family. <laughs> <laughs> it came out and, and, and perfectly called this a symphony of lies, is how he describes. Yes. The, you know, a lot of basically like refuting the idea that Don Shirley was not connected to the Black community, referring that he was not connected to his family. Maurice says that he was the best man in his wedding just two years after this movie takes place. Um, that they would speak regularly on the phone. You know, he claims... Who knew this guy had a family? Yeah, he claims that Tony and him, Tony and and Don Shirley were not friends. You know, like he was just his employee. And that, yeah, this was basically just like they they, they fabricated his brother's entire existence and life. Truth is probably somewhere in between, right? Because there is some audio of Don Shirley recounting you know parts of this trip and talking about him and tony you know he is on tape saying that you know he and tony never had an employee employer relationship and that you know they were friendly right Um, literally saying the bare minimum to let this movie exist right and so we once took a trip i didn't slap him in the mouth (laughs) what like what you get though like when you parse all of this information right because here's the thing things can be true right like events can have been corroborated to have happened but the perspective of the parties involved can differ right so tony mm-hmm. might remember something sure and, but don might have remembered it completely differently but they might agree that that did happen it just didn't happen the way that you're saying 
right? Or <laughs> or it happens, but my perspective was different. You know, the way that right. I felt about that or reacted to that was different. There's a little bit of Rashomon going on here. Yes. And so you're getting this, this, all this. We'll talk about some of these scenes more in depth, but there's the famous scene about him giving him fried chicken in the car and all the that. The chicken bones. Uh, uh, and so I, in so, honor of this, I had I had the Popeyes before I came in here, you know, <laughs> in honor of this film, in honor of the true yeah, iconic boy. moment of this film, I had to eat some Popeyes today and it was yeah. But like Maurice, his brother is like, of course he had fried chicken before. That's absurd. I don't know why you know this movie is insinuating that he never ate fried chicken in his life this but movie probably, this propagates that this guy ate a meal and then like had an entire revelation around it what i believe to probably be more true is that like don shirley seems to be at least from the portrayal of this movie and we'll talk a little bit more because right. we did find some clips of like him actually talking and speaking and mm -hmm, all mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. um but like i can, i get the sense that don charlie maybe like just didn't eat food with his hands you know like i don't eat fried chicken as in like oh, i like in that scene I, yeah yeah i just don't i just don't eat food without like a knife and i just don't grab food out of a right right, right. i don't just <laughs> i don't dive in you know so like that's not i've never had fried chicken before it's that i don't want greasy hands I don't I honestly think that's exactly how that scene played out I, in yeah. real life like I think I think it was like oh no I would never touch greasy food like I am wearing probably a $500 suit or something like, I mean yes. in the 50s I don't know it's a $3 suit I don't know <laughs> but I'm wearing an expensive suit and I don't want to get chicken grease on it because grease yes you know what I mean so like there's yeah and then he and then Nick Valamonga who wasn't in the car was like <laughs> Nick, like this the idea the, just just the audacity of the idea yes. alone. Like I wasn't there, but I bet my daddy said, I bet it went like this for my daddy. Because, and, and last part before we, we truly dive into this film, <laughs> the, one of the reoccurring plot lines of this movie is that Tony Lip, Tony Valongo, is a bullshitter, right? Like Yeah, he, yeah, he's a good, he's good with it. He's good with talking shit. He's a good bullshitter, right? So, like, he's, his claim is he doesn't lie. He's just really good at selling people on stuff. What makes you think that man had any incentive to tell any truth that didn't make him look great? Like, what, what makes you think that man that you see in this movie was like, I better be really honest about how I'm re re recollecting these events. He, no, like, you, you don't think <laughs> beyond trying to make up and, like, elaborate so you know, you're saying you're saying he's having a little bit of a maybe once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, yeah. Brad Pitt kicked Bruce Lee's ass, and yeah, <laughs> or, or I didn't murder my wife in this situation, or maybe whatever the fuck. Yeah, I'm gonna say that I do not trust the source at all, and I I'd like to up there. I like to there. play I like to play a drop in honor of this. Okay. <laughs> White people are crazy. Y'all hear me? <laughs> White people are crazy, and they will they will do crazy things. So I. I <laughs> I don't feel like that's beyond the, the truth, but let's 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 just kind of get get through, you know. They wildin', they wildin', they just do what they want, you know, like. Yes. So right, this movie starts with 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 them telling you that it's inspired by a true story, which is mm, debatable. Uh, yeah, up to and you. Then, up to you. Maybe it's true. The first fifteen minutes of the movie is just white people. It's just Tony. Yeah, uh, there's no black people in the whole like a lot of. This movie, actually, or a huge chunk of the first part. It's just Tony. You just you're introduced to Tony. He's a bouncer at the Copa. 
He's fighting people. He's stealing this guy's hat so he can give it back to him later and get a job. Uh, he's doing all kinds of wild shit. We talked about this before we came on, but there, there's the scene where, because there has to be a good white person, so it has to be his wife, right. Donna. It's his wife. Is the, is the good white person because Tony oversleeps and he wakes up and there's two black men in his house. Fixing in his house. In his, in his house. And so, and so all the other men in the family have come over because there can't be two... I, they call them all kinds of things. I don't... Whoa, I, yeah, I, they, I, they, they, that's the thing about this movie. They do a lot of like... We ain't saying it, but we're gonna say some uh, uh, some other wild shit. It's everything but nigger, but you know it's everything but it though. But you know they're saying nigger. I mean, it's just it's a standard. Oh yeah, what, what, they, like, that's what they mean. What do they what do they use? What do they use? It's something like eggplant and like something else. And I was like, I don't even know if this is like oh, actual geez. slur, but... which is all worse than the word. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would rather hear the word and somebody call me like, I don't know, a I don't know, think um, think of something, come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> I will give white people credit. They did come up with some wild they shit. They came up with some wild shit. That I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, don't call me that, but where did that come from? Yeah, don't, don't, don't call me that and get punched, you know, but like, also, the creativity. <laughs> where from? So, yeah, I mean, they're basically like, how can you fall asleep and let these black people come into your house? Let these gorillas in my house. You know, and then his wife being the good white person gives them something to drink. And then Tony being the bad white person. Some lemonade. Yes. Tony throws the glasses out because God forbid black lips touch his. uh... Touch his fine (laughs) white glass. So that's how you know that. That's how you know Tony's racist because he throws out the glasses <laughs> rather than wash them or you rather, know, rather than wash thing. them with soap and water, and you might get the blackness off of it. You yeah, might get the moon cricket off he's of gotta, it. Who knows what those people have on their lips? So he's got to get rid of them. <laughs> Carmex. He brings it back. Vaseline. He goes. He eats a lot of hot dogs. Uh, you know, he's trying to get work. Uh, but <laughs> so this this is all. This is all. You don't see Don Shirley at all. This is all happening. Yeah, all this happens before you meet. Dr. Shirley. You know, and you're getting and, and, and this is what I'll say. So Vigo Mortensen is on record numerous times saying that he was a little hesitant about taking this role because mm-hmm. not Italian American and he didn't want to come across as an Italian American stereotype in the movie and he is a fucking cartoon character. Like I don't know what other people are watching but as I was watching this I was like this is not a person. This is not a human being. Like this is <laughs> this is a broad stereotype of a group of people my watch my dude my dude watched the the entire series of sopranos on like 3x and was just like <laughs> all right come on come on we got to ingest this real quick i mean because he's coming in with like the gabagoo you know he's doing like all this oh yeah stuff, like, and you're not just the, like, not the medical, like oh no <laughs> and you're like oh i mean okay maybe my dude my dude went to the grocery store and looked at <laughs> chef boyardee for 45 <laughs> seconds was like i got it <laughs> That's the thing about this movie is, again, it's made by the Vallelongo family, ostensibly, and so they're all on set, and they're watching him, and they're giving him feedback about what his dad would not say, but so much of the feedback is like, it was just like my dad, like my dad said that, like it was just- My daddy said this, my daddy would have said that, my daddy would have did this. (laughs) You know, and it's just like- What do you think kind of direction he had for, or like, you know, insight he had for Mahershala, like, my daddy said you played the piano real good. Yeah, I my already dad, played it real good. You better yeah. play it real good in the scene. My daddy gave you some chicken. Do you want? <laughs> yeah, my daddy. I heard my daddy and you ate chicken in the car once, and it was a uh, life changer. 
but it's 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 like Tony is the star of this movie, right? Like without yes. question, he's undoubtedly the, you're yeah. supposed to follow him, empathize with him, sympathize with him, all of those things. And he is a boorish, brutish Italian stereotype through and through, nothing likable about him. And then you see him go. This is the thing. There's a lot of things in this movie that I guess you just have to take on faith, but I don't understand why people are like, you know, Tony, there's a guy who needs somebody to drive him around. I think you'd be perfect for it. You think the racist <laughs> would be perfect? My, my buddy Tony hates niggas, so like, <laughs> do you like he would like to work for a black man? Like, you I think, think that's so. a good setup? Like that's my, just my a, boy Tony hates niggas but loves working for him. Yeah, it's just like what? what that doesn't make any sense. He goes to the job interview, can't even not be racist for one second, sees an Asian man leaving, calls him a slur. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, when you meet him, oh yo, this this movie's flagrant foul, yo. You know, so it's just like this movie's oh, a flagrant man. too, yo. This movie's a flagrant too. Then you finally meet Mahershala. He's in this opulent uh apartment above Carnegie Hall instantly the movie becomes more interesting because now he here he is he's sitting on the you throne. see his like opulent his opulent apartment yes. by the way I, I saw pictures of his actual apartment yes and they got it not yeah. close but like the vibe is right right I don't yeah I don't know if he had like you know big elephant tusks or other things like that but he, he did he had wild shit like that he had wild shit yeah. like that yeah he had he had a bunch of just like really like fascinating artwork everything was gold yeah. like it was it was a really fancy place I don't know if he had a throne to sit on and look down at people but I, I respected that I um, would yeah <laughs> so Tony comes in Tony comes in and, uh, you know, Mahershala is like, hey, you know, I need somebody to drive me around. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to the South. You know, I need somebody to kind of be not like, I mean, more, yeah, a protector, basically. Like somebody. Yeah, I need a white person to drive me around the South because it's the South. Right. Like I need somebody who's going to, you know, be able to kind of like keep all that shit off me while I'm going around and, and doing my work. Um, Tony's like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, basically, like, I don't I don't want to work for a black man. Uh, so he leaves, and then Don Shirley calls his wife and is basically like, "Convinces, I, yeah, I want your husband to work for me." And she's like, "I'll allow it." Uh, <laughs> he, he accepts the job. This is another one of those things where I'm just like, "What is happening?" So he goes to get the car to go and drive to go meet Don. Yep. Some white man hands him a green book. And I don't like it's not that you can't get your hands on those, but like white people didn't know about the green like that wasn't a thing that they had it wasn't even that they didn't have access to it, but it was like why would you why would you why would have you that? need it? Why would you have it? It's yeah. like Don Shirley like, might uh, have that, but why would you have that? It's like when I uh was riding the uh the two dollar van on Flatbush Avenue. I don't <laughs> this is for book this is for Brooklyn niggas specific specifically. <laughs> There is a $2 van that runs up and down Flatbush Avenue and carries mostly Caribbean people from their job or their commute at Atlantic Terminal up and down Flatbush Avenue, which is mainly a Caribbean neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is just stand at the right place and have $2. And that's your ride. Boom. Yeah. But it's that move that the green book 
white people seeing the green book is like white people being on the two dollar van. Like, how did you <laughs> how did you know this existed? Like, yeah. I've been on I've been on and I saw these two hipster like couple get on and they were like, "Ooh, look at the lights!" So I was like, "How do you know this is a thing?" Like, yeah, or the and how do we let you on? I mean, yeah. it's money. I get it, but like, I mean, the bolt you know how does operate. Yeah. Is like if you saw a white person on on the corner of North Avenue trying to catch a hack, it would be like, "What do you?" Yeah, like, do? are you sure you're gonna get the right kind of car? Like, <laughs> are you safe? Do you, you feel safe? So, I mean, this is this is one of the they gentrify green books. Well, this is one of the more insulting parts of this movie is because one, like, they called the movie Green Book. I don't know why. Nothing right, right. Green Book. The, the problem's in the title already because the movie's not really even about the Green Book or like their experiences with the book. He doesn't because they buy the book. Yeah, and that's it. He barely uses it. You know what I mean? And like, I don't even think there's like a cathartic. There's no cathartic moment. Like, oh, we stayed at this hotel because I found it in the Green Book. No, historians have said, like, all of this is bullshit because the actual Green Book one was a book that was started in New York. Yes, by uh, a taxi driver who was like, "Look, this is where you need to stay if you're up in New York. Like, this is what." This is the places that are that are good to hang out at, that are good to mm-hmm. shop at, that are good to stay at, that are good to eat at, and began to kind of like expand it out, you know, to different parts of the country and was getting people to kind of, you know, chime in and, and corroborate like, oh, yeah, no, like you should you should stay here. You should do this if you're in the state, uh, if you're in the city, because obviously traveling for black people was a risky proposition, specifically, you know, in certain areas and like they kind of make they do a half-hearted effort to make it known that, you know, yeah, like the deep South is dangerous, but like everywhere is racist. So, you know, (laughs) you, you know that the green book is from this movie, all you get from the green book is that it's, it's the book black people use to travel where in reality, what it was, it wasn't just like, okay, because they go to a lot of shitty motels and like, you know, it's kind of like dive places. That's not what this book was for. It was like, here's the good place. Here's the good place. Yeah, exactly. Here's like, if you're black and you don't have access to like the nice white places, here's where you can eat and get a good meal like that you might like with your black ass. Right. So it it wasn't like, oh. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a book full of like shitty motels on the outskirts of like, you know, we hate blacks, Kansas, you know, like. Again, like uh, one of the things this movie refuses to acknowledge is that there's black people all over the country and right. we're doing a lot of things, right? <laughs> we're really all over the fucking place. We're, black where people do you cereal bowls? Black people had nice hotels. Black people made nice hotels, nice bed and breakfasts, nice places for other black people to stay. We had a whole Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> so 30 years prior to the invention of the Green Book before yeah. white people bombed it out. So, like the idea that the only places that oh, yeah. Don Shirley could stay were these shitty motels, and the yeah, guy was telling yeah. him to stay uh, there. Not true. So, Tony gets the green book. He's like, "Okay, I'm going to go drive this guy around." They start start their trip, and I mean, it's just it gets very close to magical Negro territory, just like almost immediately because i think yeah i think we're right out the gate honestly their their interactions and relationships this was another thing that i just did not understand when people were talking about this movie i did not see a friendship like i did not see two people who genuinely liked each other i saw two people who are forced to cohabitate because of the nature of this trip they're driving together for long hours they're probably (laughs) going to make some kind of conversation 
but I did not get the sense that these were two people who are bonding and liked each other, who were just like, oh my God, my kindred spirit, or like, you know what, you're, you're all right. You know, it's just like, yeah, you're in a car with somebody for right, as long right. as they're going to be together. Like, I hope you can at least tolerate this person, right? Like, you don't have to like them, you don't have to be best friends, but at least be like, this is fine. Like, I can have uh, a civilized conversation with this person. Bare um, minimum. Right. Bare minimum. And that's what I was seeing. Like, I wasn't seeing like, oh, wow, look at this chemistry. It was just like, yeah, yeah and honestly, in their car together. if I'm going to be honest, the chemistry doesn't really come off in the movie. No. Either. Well, also, but uh, I mean, I, I know that that's not the point because as we find out, he didn't learn shit. No. <laughs> but, but that's like you're you're but, getting... yeah no, oh, no, but, but you're getting down surely like oh like i'm i need to teach you how to speak eloquently like me and and yes. i need to and, and so that's that's what they bond over quote unquote yeah. with the letters that uh yeah. tony ends up writing to his wife so that's also one of the you know big takeaways from the movie is that tony was writing these letters to his wife back home. And he was just saying, you know, like, I love you, baby. We out here yes. in a the car. There's a nigga in the backseat. He keeps talking about the piano. <laughs> but he was like very ineloquent. And Dr. Shirley was like, oh, well, you know what? You can make a much more poetic letter. Yes. Keep your wife like, you know, at your side. If you just like change up a couple words. Yes. And you know, he adds that little like nice spice to his letters. Yeah. And over the course of the movie, that's how they bond. Yeah. Or that's how he sees them to be like, I mean, a nigga who knew more than like five <laughs> words. Like, and that's the disgusting, it's like, it, that is the magical Negro element. Yes. It's right there. It's but, literally there. It's, I taught you something that you didn't know I knew. Right. Right. Well, and here's, here's my, here's my talent. <laughs> among my, among, you know, I'm a doctor. Yes. Among, I'm playing, I live <laughs> above Carnegie Hall like on the low, and I perform there as well, I can also write a, write a damn fine letter. Yes. Well, and here's, so here's how you know this is a bad movie. We're not right? a monolith. Right. <laughs> here's how you know the Green Book is a, is a bad movie. Because <laughs> I, I, I thought about, like, I, I thought about this today, you know, because I was, again, having to listen to, you know, all these recollections by the cast and crew just about the making of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Mahershala Ali, Again, to his credit, great performance, but also like the way that he talks about Don Shirley, the reverence he has for Don Shirley, like the is evident. It's yeah, evident. The way that he was able to connect to him and the and the way that he was you through know, the he, little material that he had. Yes. Like you can tell that there was a lot of care and uh, you know, effort to make sure that the character came off as somebody with dignity uh you know with intelligence with somebody that even like i feel like even if he didn't know so much about a family existing yeah i feel like he did the work to at least give a performance that if the family ever saw it they wouldn't the problem wouldn't be with his performance because he did honor the spirit of the person yes so this is this is how you know this is a bad movie because in a good movie and, you know, I, I'll, th- this is kind of, I'm giving away a bit of my pitch later on here, but like in a good movie, this is what happens. Tony is writing these letters home. Don Shirley is helping him write these letters. You know, we get, you get the revelation later on that Don Shirley is a gay man. Uh, 
Yeah. And it's just a very weird scene that we'll talk about in just a second. Yeah, um, yeah. They definitely botched that, <laughs> by the way. But the turn from Magical Negro to Good Movie is you learn that Don Shirley is helping Tony write these letters because it's a way for him to express the love that he can never express as a gay man at that time. And so this is his outlet to kind of have those emotions and those feelings. There's an interesting thread. Yes, to speak to. So it's not, I'm doing this because, oh, you're trying to write some letters. Let me help you. It's like- That's I, literally what they give him. That's his character <laughs> arc, bro. Right. That's his entire arc. Like give him more depth by saying like, you know, I can't- This is a queer man. This is a queer black man in the yeah. South in the 1950s, just trying to entertain people. Yes. And at every turn, he's literally- shot down even when he's at the best of his yes among his peers like that's that's the arc is like i can't do that you know what i mean you have a woman right i don't get to exist I, I like i'm exceptional i'm an exceptional person human yes. black or white i'm an exceptional human yet i don't get to exist in that you know in that great quality that i have meanwhile Tony Lip over here can bullshit his way in at any $5 job. Yes. And toss chicken bones on the ground. And he's a goddamn hero to his son. Yes. And so it's like, I, I can't. And dumb and dumber guy. <laughs> so it's like, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't experience the, the most basic intimate human emotions that you get to. That and you so get to I'm just living... on the regular. Yeah, I'm living vicariously through these letters. Through you. Talk about your privilege, man. Talk about your privilege. And like, that's a turn that makes you go, oh, wow. Like that, there's some depth to there. There's something powerful there. Instead, it's just like, yeah, you look like you're having a hard time. Let me like add add some, let me make you look good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason. For um, whatever reason that I care in this moment. Uh, it's 40 minutes into this movie until we actually see him perform. You know, so you got to yeah. sit through all of that. He, you finally get to see him perform, virtuoso. Uh, Mahershala apparently, you know, did enough work that he could kind of like mime the like piano playing. So like, so the close-ups are the person that trained him. Yes, the close-ups of the hands are the of the person that played him. But I will say, to this movie's credit, they blend it in a way that they give like they'll give you just enough of Mahershala playing like a, a yeah. full like treacle or something like that. And then cut right to the insert of like the full hands, but then mm -hmm. they'll come right back out. And he's like in it too. Yeah. Hitting yeah. the notes. Yeah. I played jazz piano for nine years. I was, I was <laughs> floored by this movie's capability. This movie's ability to like trick me in the moment. Yes. Those, the performance scenes are actually quite engaging. Yeah, like and, that's, and, and well shot too. That those are one of the again, it's one of those things where you're watching this and you're like, this is interesting. Like, I'd like to know more about this. Right. Don Shirley was a man in a time where he couldn't be a he couldn't be himself. Yeah, he couldn't be a queer black man or a classical pianist. Like that was not or a, yeah. that was allowed to him. Like that's the he didn't. He had no contemporaries. Yeah, that's the famous thing about, you know, Nina Simone wanted to be a classically trained, you know, right. like, pianist, like, couldn't do it. They were like, this is- But at every corner, they tried to turn her into a pop artist. And, and that's kind of, Don Shirley was like, well, I, if I can't do that, then I'm going to just have to invent this blend of music, of jazz, of blues, of classical- Of uh, gospel. Yeah, of all these things. Actually, one of my, one of my favorite um, recordings of his is, um, he does a version of 
someday we'll all be free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does an excellent version of the gospel of the gospel arrangement of that song. Yeah. Well, and that, I think that's the thing. Like this movie posits him as somebody who's like estranged from the black community and estranged from a lot of different communities. But in real life, he was friends with Duke Ellington. <laughs> Right. Uh, and Duke Ellington had nothing but like Duke Ellington was like, I would give up my seat, you know, at the bench to let him play just to get, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he was uh, contemporaries with Igor Stravinsky, who said that his virtuosity is worthy of God's. You know what I mean? Like he was like mm. an incredible, mm. incredible uh, musician, composer, like just, just musical mind. He was a genius. And right, so, like, right. that's kind of basically glossed over so we can see more of tony it's really uh, gross it's really gross because honestly like once you get into the road trip section of the movie like the middle third or whatever yes you're kind of treated to you know we're, we're at the motel and the motel is cd or don shirley's a drinker we find out he's yes. a drinker and he doesn't know how to hold his liquor so tony has to protect him in a racist town like but even that, s- right? like stock racism scenes. Yes. But even that, and then performances. So but that's and the thing that's too, the right? Like even even the idea of him being an alcoholic is such an underplayed element of this. It's movie. really one scene. Yeah. It's really one scene. And so like that's fascinating, right? Like this black man going on this tour of the South, but he has self-destructive tendencies that are gonna right. get him in trouble. And so Tony is necessary to help him navigate because this was literally what he was hired for but it's one scene that we see it happen so this is a part of the movie where we get two of the most egregious scenes in the entire film uh the first one is when uh tony educates don shirley about black music oh Um, i love that scene and that scene like it's it's so funny because the movie gets a lot of mileage out of some bullshit yes and then we get here yes and it's and it's what i mean there's a there's an endless list of things in the movie where i'm just like get the fuck out of here like, like, how dare you how dare you like talk that, like this to me so the idea that anybody you know what i mean like not just don shirley but like anybody right. alive at this time doesn't know little richard sam cook aretha franklin like they don't have to have all the records these people have ever put out but like to be like i've never heard th- what's this song you know what i mean like you but again I... don shirley knew duke ellington like he's keyed in to the music does he know everything by you know, about everybody sure right i don't know the last uzi vert release like <laughs> i don't know it i'm sorry i don't but for Tony, for Tony of all people to turn around and be like, what do you mean? This is your people. How do you that's, not know this? You guys, all you guys, like you all get the like advanced tapes, right? You all, everybody, <laughs> all the black people get like advanced, like black people tapes, right? Y'all get that, right? It's like, get the fuck out of here. Like this is. I... This movie <laughs> has the fucking balls to be like. Oh, a person who listens to classical music can't understand like black pop music in the 1960s. No. By the way, the 1960s yes. were maybe the most furtive, like blossoming part of black pop music. Like we, yeah. I, I don't think it's got, I don't think it was, it's, it's ever been outdone by an yeah. era. 
It was Motown. It was the era it of like was Mo fucking town. Like, how do you not know what Martha and the Vandellas sounds like in 1962? Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. How have you not heard respect in 1968? Right. Like, is he at the Apollo every weekend? I don't know. I don't no. know what he's doing with his life. Maybe because because he's Don Goddamn Shirley and right. he lives above Carnegie Hall, so maybe he is. I don't know. I'm gonna assume good chance that he might be there. I'm gonna assume he has a radio though, or just has been out in the street and heard has people playing heard music. music by other people. <laughs> so yes, you know what like, is this weird? What are these weird air wiggles? What is it? What is this? <laughs> black music, <laughs> Tony. You you know you know about this black music. Tell, tell me all about it. Are these Negroes? <laughs> are these, is this Negro spirituals? Is this what this is? So, but I didn't know they had a radio station for the spiritual. But that's the thing. Like he is like, we'll we'll post the clip of him talking to James Earl Jones uh, about black music. About uh, by the way, prepare for the blackest clip you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> just, just the blackest, <laughs> like the fact that that show is a sidebar. Sorry, Black Omnibus. It yep. was a uh, public television show that ran for like a year, right? It only ran for a year. It wasn't long. Uh, It wasn't long. James Earl Jones hosted and created a show called Black Omnibus to show Black greatness. Honestly, he just wanted to show off like great Black people doing great Black things. Yes. Simple. Simple. It's honest. And it's like salon format, which is one of my favorite television formats, Mm -hmm. which is just like, you know, I'm around in this space. And uh, I got Nat King Cole here at the piano and he's going to sing, you know, he's going to sing uh, something good for us. And yeah. I got over here, Nina Simone's over here and she's going to sing fucking Mississippi Goddamn for us yeah. later. Like, and we're just going to chat about the 60s. And we're going to chat about black things. We're all just hanging out. I love that. We're all just hanging out. Yeah. We're black and we're famous and we're <laughs> talented and we're just going to show you like a fucking sliver of that. And that was this show. And I thought yeah. it was like, I've heard of it before this context too. And I, mm-hmm. I just thought it was like fascinating that yeah. James Earl Jones, like who's most famous for probably being like Darth Vader, honestly, mm-hmm. or and Mufasa. Mufasa had the blackest thing on television. Yeah. And it was just a net good. It was just like a, yeah. a, a neutral good. It was like, I just, and he looks so fucking black. Oh like yeah. The, he doesn't have a full afro, but he's definitely got like yeah, a natural man. going on. Yeah, the beard is popping, and he's yeah. just like at his most charismatic. Like he's just. Surely <laughs> he's wearing like some kind of dashiki esque. He's like, wearing like a dashiki, like a chill yeah. dashiki. He's not like coming at you with a suit, not a yeah. green book suit. He's <laughs> not like, and he's not like overtly, um, like he's not on guard like he yeah. was, or like the character would be in Green Book, where he's like yeah. surrounded by white people all the time. He's probably coach he's just. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a little bit like his version of Code Switch, and he's just chopping it up with James Earl Jones, one of the great Shakespearean actors mm-hmm. uh, actors of the time. Yes. And wow, is it Black and fascinating. <laughs> and that's why I'm just like, you can't tell me this man is not around. Didn't know. Doesn't rude. Know this black this movie is so fucking rude. And and here's because here's the thing, right? Like, this movie <laughs> posits a world in which there's Don Shirley right and then black people right 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 he, he this movie does this movie does paint Don Shirley to be like an exceptional negro or like oh, a weird sure. or like a weirdo in a, in the in the monolith that is black right. people he's like, the weirdo 
in my notes I have Don. I'm not like those other Negroes, Shirley. Like that's like right, right, right. The vibe that he's giving off is like, don't put me in with those other black. Don't people. put me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so here's also another thing about that because this movie is also positing that you can't learn being blackness, being black, or you can't learn about blackness or just like casual blackness from somebody who's like not a concert pianist, yeah. somebody who's not like uh, somebody who's like studied in gospel versus like yes. Jerome down the block. Like right. you couldn't learn, you couldn't learn anything about being a good human from yeah. Jerome down the block. He's got to be Don Shirley, who maybe never heard of Aretha Franklin in his life. Right. And so the fuck out of my face. I mean, how dare, how dare you? <laughs> like when he accepted the Oscar for Green Book, I wanted to go up on that stage and just slap the shit out of his hand. Like, no, no, how dare you? <laughs> but so that's the thing. Like, this is a world where you're telling me that there's no black intellectuals, black elite, black rich people, black. Right, right, you know, like, right. No, we so are that, a monolith. We that, are a monolith. Yeah, black people we that like Don Shirley can't relate to, can't hang out with, doesn't have anything mm -hmm. in common. He's the mm -hmm. only one that that speaks several languages and uh, you know is is classically trained in something. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he's a magical Negro. It's not even like kinda. This movie definitely makes him a magical Negro. Yeah. And honestly, that's why that's my biggest grievance with it is because it was written by. It was definitely told through a filter. That filter had fucking rose-colored glasses on it and, you know, a HEPA filter on that bitch. Yeah. Like, this this movie is so far removed from the person it wants to, like, idolize yes. or or tell a story about. It's, it's, really, it's really befuddling that, like, it got all the way made, you know? Like, I feel like, I feel, who go ahead, go ahead. This movie, they fucking <laughs> loved it. It's got, it. it's got an 8.2. It's got an 8.2 on green on uh, IMDb. They, you know what that means? Like an 8 on IMDb <laughs> automatically puts you in the top 200 on IMDb. They love it. You know where it, it's it's 132 on the top rated movies on IMDb. Ab ab above, well, let's see. Let's see. Oh, you know, the, 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 the first movie is a, the black movie that it's above. Is twelve years a slave? Twelve mm. years a slave is two hundred and three on this yeah. list. Well, this this was I hate, chosen, I hate everything. This was chosen as one of the top ten films of the year by the American Film Institute. By the the American Film Institute and the National uh, Board of Review, right? They they loved this movie. They loved. You know what they loved? The next scene where Tony teaches Don Shirley how to eat fried chicken. Right. Like they iconic. Go, they go to a iconic. KFC, you know when when the Oscars like the, in fifty years the Oscars is gonna play clips of like American movie yeah. cinema moments and you're gonna see uh, you're gonna see fucking Lawrence of Arabia galloping through the <laughs> desert you're gonna see Peter O'Toole galloping through the desert you're gonna see Harrison Ford with the look at the idol look at the golden idol the pan zoom on his face you're gonna see the the uh, the the T Rex from fucking Jurassic Park and then you're gonna see fucking Beetle Morrison <laughs> toss. A chicken wing out his fucking side window, and people li literally people are gonna cry. They you're gonna eat cut that to shit up. You're gonna cut to eighty-seven-year-old uh, um, Emma Stone <laughs> <laughs> at the Oscars crying over this shit. Fuck Hollywood. This I is, don't mean that. I need a career. This, well, this because this is what's so 
this is the point in the movie where if you just had any hope of this being anything other than what it is, you just uh, like, fuck it. Because right. Tony is like, pulls up, he's like, Kentucky Fried Chicken in Kentucky, mm-hmm. it's gotta don't, be great. Can't miss you, that. Don't you, don't y'all black people love chicken? Mm, don't you he love chicken? St- he starts eating the chicken. He's like, mm, mm, oh, you want to We're piece? dancing. We're dancing because the chicken makes us dance. Mm, 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 mm. Down Charlie's like, I don't like fried chicken. I've never had fried chicken in my life. Tony's like, what do you mean? It's like your people, you love what chicken. You? you can't get whoa, what are chicken. You? Whoa, hey. hey, whoa, hey, hey, whoa. <laughs> I, I don't feel bad doing this accent because he didn't feel bad writing this fucking scene. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're doing Vigo Mortensen exactly. This is what That's he sounds exact- like. That's this what he, that's what they sound that's like. That's what he was doing. <laughs> that's the, the research that Vigo Mortensen put into this role is the research I put into this impression right here, right fucking that, now. That, that, that's literally what he sounds he's just like, he's always like, you what do you mean? You have to have you have to eat it. You gotta have the chicken. Oh, you gotta eat the chicken. Basically oh, mm, forcing mm, it into his mouth. Yeah, he 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 won't stop, <laughs> by the way. He gaslit him into eating chicken. He takes the tiniest nibble is so bad <laughs> it's really bad he definitely like eats it with two hands remember when trump tried to drink that glass of water and it nearly killed him <laughs> and he fucking he had the like bottom hand like pushing the glass up i was like nigga your hands are so weak i could i could arm wrestle you into your fucking grave like <laughs> this is this is this is this moment here is like the episode of the simpsons where lisa gives Ralph the uh no it's the Ralph gives Lisa the the I choo choose you uh oh the the Valentine I choo choo choose you and, and then Barney and Lisa are watching it. it back and they're like ooh this is the moment where you can see his heartbreak his heartbreak and <laughs> when Mahershala <laughs> takes a bite of that chicken that's where you can see his soul leave yeah. his body <laughs> <laughs> my dude ate this chicken was like oh <laughs> <laughs> It is it is oh. absurd. It's the most absurd scene you could end rude. Loved it. Every people, single press conference. This, this scene won three Oscars. <laughs> this scene has more Oscars than Malcolm X. Every press conference you see, people are like, I have to ask you about this scene. It's my favorite scene in the movie. It's the chicken scene where you uh, <laughs> and I'm just like I am I am ooh. I am living right now. I'm like, I can't stop moving. Cameron, I'm so mad. Cameron, three white men sat in a room together, wrote that scene, gave each other a high five. Job gave a high five. Hey, we did it. Good we job, it. you. We absolutely did it. This is so ridiculous. It's not even. We're going to win Best Picture. We're going <laughs> to win Best Picture, buddy. It's not. We're even, taking this all the way to the top. It's not even the fact that he's forcing him to eat fried chicken, which is an absurd thing to do in any context. If any of my white friends ever try to force me to eat fried chicken, <laughs> I'll slap the shit out of them. Because of the, so here's we're going to take a, a slight tangent here because here's the thing that you need to know about every single stereotype about black people or just anybody in general. White people made that shit up, right? White people right. Li- like literally made all of this stuff up about black people liking fried chicken, black people eating melon, black people being lazy, black people doing all these things. Right. They put all it, our stereotypes are not made by us. They put it on, they used it for advertisements. They would put it right. on like soap and like just random things, just black people, wide-eyed, wide lips, mm, eating, mm. Chicken, eating watermelon. Watermelon. 
like that they they created it <laughs> and then they sold it and they marketed it right so right the, two the, white I, people by the yes. way two white people they didn't market yes. it to us no no this was like this is what you look like like this is how, this is what you are we're telling that's you what, what black this is like artist interpretation like it's like a black person or it's and then it comes out looking like a fucking <laughs> union square street artist drew a picture yes. of you <laughs> big old forehead and everything and a fucking i love new york shirt on I love chicken shirt. That's, that's I love a big old I love chicken shirt and two buck teeth for no reason. You have no buck teeth and you get yes. buck teeth and Will Smith's ears. But so like, but the idea of like this is what this movie is doing. It. This is what this movie is doing. It's distilling blackness down into these like stereotypical rudimentary like Mahershala. It's literally like this movie. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. That you are you have a very narrow view of me as a person right. and like that's and but this is the moment because that's that's his moment of outrage that's his moment of outrage that's the that's it's the like you have a narrow view of me that's it and but this is the moment in the movie where people are like and they bonded like this, this is, is critical race friends. theory this <laughs> is this is the 1776 project this movie is the 1776 project <laughs> this very concept though of like this is what it is to be black you eat fried You're chicken right. You listen to right. soul music. You do this. You do that. The idea that a black because that is that is the scenes of the movie. He honestly checked. They check it off one yes. by one. It's like you don't like to do that. Yes. Like you don't like to do that. You don't like Aretha Franklin. You don't like fried chicken. You don't like uh, women. <laughs> like ridiculous. The, the idea that ridiculous. That's what it means to be black, is to enjoy these stereotypical things. Look. We love fried chicken, but so do white people, and so do Latinx people, and so do Asian people. Uh, every like fried chicken is great. Everybody. Likes I just it. ate it today. Yeah, it unless, was delicious. You know, like yeah, there even, were white people in the Popeyes right behind me in line. Yes, and and fried chicken is so delicious that even if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, they make plant based alternatives so that you can still have something equivalent to fried chicken. Let me tell you this. I've seen these motherfuckers cheat. These vegans, I've seen them cheat to eat fried chicken. All right. I've seen them. I've seen them. Y'all, you're sus. Y'all, some of y'all are sus. But, all right? but this whole, th I mean, again, the, the thesis of the scene is Don, I ain't like those other blacks, you know, surely <laughs> finally coming down to the level of his people yeah. to eat of some the chicken. average, of the average Tony Lip. Yes, this is this is the this is the uh the, the thing that finally brings them together is they bond over eating some chicken and throwing the bones out the window. And it's like watching Mahershala eat that chicken. I, I have to know, I mean that must have been I don't know if I can get this black acting school drop in here, but I'm gonna play it because that was some prime. That was important. Like, like he had to think about how to not eat chicken. So that was definitely the black acting school moment of this. Like the one he just had to eat it so bad. He not had like to eat, eat like he's like not eat the chicken, chicken but he had to eat the fucking like uh, criticism. <laughs> I can't imagine Peter Farrelly directing that. Mahershala, can you just can you just <laughs> tiny can you? You don't like the chicken, Marshall. You hate it. You've never had you, it before. You've never had chicken. You've never had fried chicken in your life. This this tastes like like when you're a kid and you have Brussels sprouts. These are Brussels sprouts, Marshall. Marshall, Marshall, and go. 
Just just stick your tongue out a little bit. Just yeah, just lick the chicken it. a little bit. Can you <laughs> don't yeah. Just take a crispy bit and just like chew on it with your front oh, teeth. Oh, but now you like it. But now you love it. You can't have enough. But now, just just, okay. just start. Oh, okay. just go into- <laughs> Oh, you, okay. you, you eat it, eat it to the bone, eat it to the bone. I, could you, I, I've seen a black person eat, like suck on the bone. Could you like do a little like, little like, go, uh, mm. Mm, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could you give me your widest smile? Could you make this, could you make this a little more urban? Ooh, makeup. Can we get some more grease on the lips? Can we just put a little Ooh, bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, 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 makeup, makeup. Can we get some Vaseline on his chickeny lips? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> God damn, dude. Like, he felt that that night. Wherever yeah. he was, I went, wherever they shot this in Georgia, wherever in yeah. upstate New York they shot this movie, my dude had a moment in his hotel room that night. Yeah. He looked in the mirror, and I don't know if he liked what he saw. <laughs> but then a month later, he got that check, and he was like, all right, baby, we're going to be good. He turned to his wife, and he was like, all right, baby, we're going to be good. Oh, my God. Fuck um, out of here. Yeah. Uh, the again, things we do though, the things we do. This yeah. No, it's this is this is this is white people's favorite part of this movie is when they eat the chicken. It's the chicken. It's, they want to know how we feel about chicken and yes. guess what? Guess what? It's delicious. Meanwhile, scrumptious. Meanwhile, the next scene for no explicable reason is Tony Lip in a hotel room yes. folding an entire fucking pizza. And taking a bite. Like, like, <laughs> so, okay. So we've gone from Mahershala, eat the chicken, please, to Vigo, could you, I, I so mm, I, I like Italian stereotypes. They're fun. Um, but could you go full Mario on us real quick? Could you just like, could you just jump on a toadstool and fold a fucking pizza <laughs> in half and take a bite out of it like you're going to finish the bitch? Take a bite and then just shrug your shoulders and put it back in the box. Yeah, yeah, what is yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is going on? That's what That's I was like. So rude. This is just a cartoon. Like this is not. <laughs> this is, that's a joke. This is ridiculous. That's a that's a joke. That's an Oscar yeah. winning pizza. Yeah. <laughs> speaking, that's an Oscar winning pizza. Speaking of ridiculous, this is the first of two inexplicable decisions that Don Shirley makes in this movie. That again. I call bullshit. I do not believe this actually happened because this is the wildest thing. Two of the wildest things. I just I just can't wrap my head around it. Don Shirley is at a hotel or a motel with a bunch of black people. Some black people yeah, are yeah, like, yeah. hey, you want to play some horseshoes? He's like, I'm not like you Negroes. And he just goes up and walks away. <laughs> uh, and then one of the people in the band runs into Tony's room as he's halfway through this fucking folded pizza and says, Oh, uh, uh, Tony, something's happening at the bar. We got to go get, uh, we got to go get Don. And so he comes into this bar and sees the most cartoonish Southern white people beating up Don Shirley. Hi, hi. You you talented nigger. (laughs) You talented nigger. How dare you Just learn piano? The most over the top accents, manner. It's really wild. It's everything. Really wild. Tony comes in. He says, "Oh, like basically, like fakes like he has a gun." The owner of the bar also has a gun, and he's like, "Get that nigger out of my bar! You go, you know, do whatever." So he, he gets him out the bar. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. You're Don Shirley, right? You okay. are. 
again, genius, uh, doctorates, all of that stuff, you know that you're going to the South. You explicitly hire this man because you know you're going to the South and that is dangerous for you. Okay. Would you, for whatever reason, at night, decide to just get up, leave your motel, walk into a whites-only bar, and try to get a drink? Yes, because I don't care about my life. <laughs> what the fuck? No! <laughs> no! Like, like, this scene does, makes zero sense from, like, the word jump. Yes. Because they don't explain at all why he would have done something like that, because it's yes. obviously an outlier. You needed a green book to get to the fucking town. <laughs> like, and, and, and then we, we I, I decided to assert my talentedness, my talent privilege, which, by the way, doesn't exist in the 1960s American no. South. No, no, no. There's no talent privilege. There's no, like, I know piano, therefore I don't what? have to deal with racist white people. No. The whole fuck? It's, it's crazy because it's like, even as some weird form of protest, I'm going to go to this bar because I believe that it's my right to do whatever I want, wherever I want to go. You, like... This movie acts like racism doesn't exist. What, they, call what, the, they call him everything but the word most of the time. Right. They... Yeah. Well, he walks into a white bar trying to assert privilege that he feels like he has. Well, because the thing about it is, like, the movie has Don Shirley be whoever is necessary in the moment to make Tony look good. Right, right, right. right. It, to serve the to serve that scene because yeah. it does change from scene to scene. His his assumed blackness changes from right. scene to scene. You know what I mean? Sometimes he's this dignified. You know, like I would never be caught in, you know, I would like, never eat fried chicken. Yes. But then he's like, I'm going to go to. <laughs> but he's the same man bar. who's like, you better give me a whiskey at a white bar. Because the thing about it, like, again, this is how you know this is a bad movie. If you're going to do the scene, if the, if the whole idea of the scene is Tony is going to save his life, do this. Don Shirley doesn't want to play horseshoes with those other Negroes. So he goes, he goes to a liquor store. He's got, you know, a brown bag of something. He's walking down the street. White people see him. Nigger, what are you doing here? Go back to where you belong. Yada, yada, yada. He gets into it. Guy does the same thing. Goes, runs, gets Tony. These guys are beating up Don Shirley. He says, you know, I got a gun, whatever. They get out of the situation, right? It's the same right. scene. Except Don Shirley does not look like a fucking idiot for going into a bar and trying to get a drink. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Like to himself. Like, what's the, because that's the thing, like, they assume, they, like, allude to alcoholism or, like, him having a drinking problem. They right. never follow up on, a, on any conceivable. At way. all. They don't but touch they give on you it. Two, they give you, like, one scene, two scenes where he's drinking and it's a problem. Right. Because that's. No, actually, thing. it's just a scene. Yes. It's like, just a scene. That's the thing. If you want to make that a plot point or something that to hinge the movie on, like, okay, that makes sense. Again. Or at least hinge a, a certain section of the movie on yeah. it, on Yes, Don Shirley is a creative genius, but the pressures and the world that he lives in has drove him to drinking. He has a problem. He needs Tony's help so that he doesn't self-destruct on this tour. So maybe we should get to the part of our podcast where we pose what this movie is like without. Because we've already gone through the... Like, we've given the examples of 
Yeah. Well, there's how this movie's not for us. I would say there's if if we want to skip ahead, because uh, we have spent way too much time talking about this movie. There's two there's <laughs> there's, there's two scenes that I do want to talk about. Uh, okay. 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 There's I think there's three. There's three scenes that I want to talk about because they if kind of finish off this this train of thought that we're talking about in terms of Don where Shirley, the movie's missing the point. Yeah, Don Shirley being a plot device and just all this other bullshit that's going on. So there's the scene that's the twin of this scene later on where he gets found in the YMCA with this other man in the shower. Yes. Again. So uh, so again, we used a part of his <laughs> trauma that he's living through, his alcoholism, yes. his inability to uh, find a proper sexual partner. Or just or just a person. Or, right? just, like, or just a person or just a person to like empathize with. Right. Like the, the, the thing about it is when you think about what it was like to be a queer person at that time, right? Like it didn't matter if you're black, you're white, whatever. Like that was it was right. extremely frowned upon. Pretty tough to be gay. It was pretty yeah. tough to be gay in 1960. Well, and it's like it, you know, it's, it's still tough to be it's still pretty gay tough and to queer be gay. now. Like there's there's all kinds of but the thing about it is gay people, queer people, trans people have existed yes. since forever. They've always been around. They've always had to live. And so Don Shirley isn't the only gay black man, right? Right, right. Period. Right. You know what I mean? And not he's not even the only famous. He's not even the most famous gay black man. What got, James Baldwin is out James here Baldwin. in 1968. You've got uh Bayard Rustin. Bayard Rustin, yeah. You've got so many other examples of gay black men living and existing in this time. Right. It's, it's tough. It's so hard, right? You're already black, right? So you're, you're living through all this stuff. And on top of that, you you can't You don't like chicken. <laughs> you don't like chicken. You You're all like, talented as you don't like Marvin you know, Gaye. You uh, hate Marvin Gaye and Aretha Franklin. But it's you, tough enough. You know, you can't you can't be your full self, right? Like you can't no. be comfortable in your own skin. You can't again even have the most basic intimate human interactions. Intimate, not even meaning sexual, but just like having somebody who can see you for who you, you are. You can confide in. Right. So this is not allowed for you to have, right? Yes. Don Shirley knows this. He is a gay man. Yes. He yes. understands how to move in the world. He <laughs> lived until 2014 and died from a heart attack. Like he was not a stupid man doing stupid things just to do them. Right. Why would he go down to the South, go to a YMCA, hook up with somebody in a shower just to do it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so another way that Green Book is a terrible movie, right? Like terrible, <laughs> terrible, everything. Is, I like the consistency. If you think about it just from not like fuck everything else. Think about it from a strictly from a screenwriting perspective. Yes. This is the most tense part of the film. Don Shirley. Yeah, it's man, around that moment. It's around that moment. Black man, now you're finding out gay man, got caught in the shower with another man by the police. He is being yeah, not even up. by not even by your friend. He's being he's already being arrested when he finds him. He's being held right by these police officers who we know have no qualms about killing black people. Mm, mm, Probably mm, have mm. no qualms. He, he about didn't have to go people. to cell. He didn't have to make it to the cell. You know what I mean? And so instead of teasing the tension out of this, 
what's going this isn't just this could be the end of his career this could be the end of his life life this could be like he could he could miss the rest of this tour like there's so many things that can happen what happens in one minute tony lip gets him out of it by offering to buy them suits and then it's over yep that's and it's done that's it. We don't really even go back to his queerness. We don't even really touch upon this moment. Nope. This is the thing that happened throughout the course of this trip. There are no stakes to this moment, by the no. way. That's there what are saying. no stakes presented to this moment. This is probably the most tense. If you're watching this, specifically as a queer Black person, this is terrifying. Like, this is like a... That's a, that's a triggering situation. That yes. person might die. <laughs> And it's played for comedy because he's just like, eh, what can I hey, do for you? Oh, hey, whoa, what if whoa, I got hey. you? You know, it's not a bribe. What about just some suits? Get, I'm going to get you some suits. I'm going to put some pursuit in the fucking pocket and you'll be fucking great. You uh. know, and then a couple minutes later in another scene, you know, you basically have Mahershala Ali apologize to Tony. That's right. For That's being right. Caught and then tries to because he's scared that he's going to go off with the other Italian people. And it's like, you know, what could, I'll make you my road manager, yada, yada, yada. And Tony's like, uh, you know, I work at the company. There's need gay that. people there all the time. Yeah, I don't yeah, care I don't about that. that. I'm not worried about you. I'm you not know, worried about that. You know, so so Tony, Tony is this enlightened uh, man who has suddenly, no suddenly he had no problem with gay people. Yeah, but I threw the glasses away when Jerome and Antoine came in and fixed my plumbing two hours ago in a movie. Again, this is how you know this is just his son's passion project, full of bullshit and stuff. To make swear to God, there's no consistency, bro. Like, because movie literally treats race like, like okay, it's cool in this moment, but it is not cool in this moment. Yes, so rude. So yes, well, just just because then, because then, right. There's there's a moment I'm I'm just, I'm just gonna speed through these so we can get to the end of this. There's a moment where uh, he's playing at this socialite's house. He's like yada yada yes, yada. Yes. Um, uh, well filmed scene by the way. I thought that scene yeah. the shots looked pretty great in the movie. And so there's there's two moments at this house that again I'm just shout like, out the DP. <laughs> I'm just like what the fuck is happening? So one moment you know as with Tony's watching him kind of socialize and smooth and he turns to another person in the band and he's like how can he social how can he smooth with these people who hate him like what is he you know and and the guy responds it takes courage to change people's hearts and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about what what choice does he have like it's either be nice to these white people or don't have a career or, or yeah or don't work <laughs> You know, like you're 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 positing it as if he's like doing this thing because he's just he's so much better and like look at look how graceful he is and how much empathy he has and how he's willing to put himself on the line for look how magical of a negro he is. Yes. And so this is I mean, this moment is again another element of bad screenwriting because they say that Don Shirley made the choice to go on this tour to come down south, right? Right. Why doesn't he tell us that? Why doesn't he have a moment where he gets to say, "This is why I'm doing this"? Instead, it's an. Aside... He really doesn't actually get uh, get a moment to explain. No, like he's just going on tour, and yes. we meet him at that point. Like again, agency. Give him a moment to say why. Tony says in the car, "Hey, why, why are you coming down here for these racist people? What do you, you know?" And then Don <laughs> Shirley can say, "This is why," and he can explain. Why this is happening instead? Why? Why it matters to him? Yes, a member of him some stakes. He's here to change people's hearts, which is like, 
what? What are you saying? Like, that's not only just an absurd line, but Rude. again, it's it's like assuming that he has a choice about what he gets to do in these situations. Like, that's like ridiculous. It's it's literally from this movie is written from the perspective of a person who thought racism was like a walk in the park. Yes. So then there's the following scene where he wants to go to the bathroom and the white guy's like, oh, you can't go to the bathroom. In you here. can't go to the bathroom in this house. Why did not he in this house? Why did he think he could do that? Like, why did he? Why, again, Don Shirley <laughs> is an intelligent black man who knows what the American South is like. He's probably been in this situation before. You know what I mean? Like, I th- I think about like it's so obvious he's probably been in this situation before. Honestly, to to even need a white man to drive him through the South, he would know that this situation is probably going to come up at least once or twice. Yes. Why would he do this? I think why did he act like? Why did he act like? Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes. Like he's offended that he can't use the bathroom. You like, knew what this was, bro. Why did you like I think about this all the time about Louis Armstrong, who ostensibly at his height was probably the most famous man in the world. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Most revered white people loved him. Oh, white, white people, people love them some Louis Armstrong. They wanted him to perform at their parties, at their social events. They wanted to go. I love it when his cheeks blow up like that. It's yeah. like they're balloons. They were they were so mm. into him. This white privilege is so delicious right now. Have you had some? Still a nigger, right? Like, at the end of the day, house. yo, Could, be, better not. Reference. You know what I mean? Better not use my good china. Right. I'll throw them glasses out. The, that glass touched his black <laughs> lips. Like You better throw them out. It's insane to think about that. The fact that this man was like God. But he couldn't use the bathroom. He couldn't stay at these hotels. What makes Don Shirley think? that this white man is just going to let him use his bathroom. Like, why would that happen? How? Why would he, you know, what? these performers probably are like, look, I'm going to use the bathroom now because I know I'm not going to get to use it. Because I'm not going to be able to use it at the place. Right. So it's not even like my dignity. It's like, look, I'm not even going to get it's into it. It's poor planning. It's poor yeah. planning. I'm not going to drink a whole glass of juice before you came there. I'm not even going to give them the privilege of me asking them to use their bathroom. I'm just going to use the bathroom before I go. And then I'm going to hold it until I leave. Cause that's what it is. That's how it works. That's what you do. Like, why would he even think? Why would he think was, it's something different? Why would he think it's a different situation? You know, so movie continues. They keep doing that bullshit. He goes to this uh, last stop of the tour. It's the, you know, like Christmas Eve is tomorrow. It's a big deal. Yes, 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 yes. He goes into this place. You know, the white people are like, hey, happy to see you. You know, get ready to play, whatever. He's like, I'm hungry. They're like, well, you can't eat here, nigger. And he's like, okay. Uh, And then they're like, (laughs) he's like, I'm not going to play unless you give me some food and I can eat in this restaurant. Uh, And they're like, well, you know, I guess you're not going to play. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, bro. You know, and then Tony's like, I'm going to. We racist as fuck in here, yo. We don't like you, dog. (laughs) You know, and he's like, uh, Tony's like, I'm going to fight this man for you. And then uh, literally, literally, Don Shirley says, I'll do whatever you want to do. He tells Tony in this ultimate moment of his agency I'll do whatever you want to do. White man, you make the decision for me. 
whatever you say, I'll go along with it. If you want me to play in front of these racist white people, I'll, I'll get on that piano right now. If you want to mm, leave, mm. we'll walk out hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm. What? This was nominated for best, no, one best original screenplay. It won so many awards. It's upsetting. Best original screenplay. Then, so they do that. He goes to- That award went to fucking network, bro. Like, <laughs> how dare you? How, I hate this place. I hate everything about it. So they have that bullshit scene. And then they're like, let's go to this black place. And, you know, like, this is the first time Don Shirley actually talks to another black person in the whole movie. Uh, he has a brief conversation with this you know, waitress who, or this bartender who's like, hey, you know, like, what are you all dressed up for? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a classical trained you know, musician. And she's like, well, don't tell me about it. Show me. And then he gets on the piano and he, you know, plays like some Tchaikovsky or whatever. And then like all the black people were like, oh, we actually like this music. This is pretty good. And then so rude. You know, so fucking rude. The band comes on. They're like, but do you know how to play jazz? And he's like, watch me. And he starts, you know, <laughs> Playing along with them, and Tony's like, "Hey, nice. that's my that's my guy. That's my guy. He's playing my music. Hey, oh, you know." And so, uh, play some fucking Frank Sinatra, there, bro. Yeah, they start driving back up. Uh, they have a conversation again. I don't care because Vigo gave that much effort in his own accent. That was I don't care. Literally, what he sounded like. That's literally. This is an exact <laughs> reconstruction of his accent in that movie. They start driving back up. They get into an argument. Vigo Mortensen turns to him and says, I'm blacker than you. Don Shirley gets out the car. He starts walking. He's like, black people don't love me. White people don't love me. What am I going to do? Uh, you know, another black acting school kind of moment. This is another moment where people are like, I love this part. This was so, whoa. Like, I cried when he... And it's like the sentiment of what is trying to be communicated, sure, right? Like Also, sorry. I'm looking at these factoids. Get Out won Best Screenplay the year before Green Book <laughs> won the Best Screenplay. All right. Oh, my God. The dissonance. It's uh, it's like we can't. It, oh, my God. You, know, you, can't take, you can't take one step because you got to take two back. Um, anyway, come, go on with the scene. Though, oh, no. The scene. Like, like the sentiment of the scene. Sure. Right. Like black people right. feeling isolated, feeling like. You know they're they're without a country. They don't really know where to go. They don't know what to do. Right, 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 you know right. I mean, like, like, what do I do? How do I fit into this world that doesn't accept mm -hmm. me in any way that I truly am? Right, right. But the way that it's communicated, I, 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 I'm, I'm not black enough for black people. I'm not white enough for white people. Mm. What does that even mean? What do you, you're not white enough for white people? What are you even saying in that moment? What are that's, you saying? Yeah, That's a, such an insane thing to say. It doesn't make any sense. He's not black enough for black people. Again, he was hanging out with fucking Duke Ellington. His brother was a sometimes doctor to Martin Luther King Jr. Like he was with black people. He was. This was not. A, if you listen to him talk, this is a black man. Like if a is, black card existed, this dude would be a card carrying member. Yes, for sure. He is not top black people. Right. Like, yes. Again, there are people who it's like, you know, be the way that we internalize hate, right? The way that we internalize anti-Blackness, the way that all of this stuff is taught to us, where we're taught to not love ourselves and not see ourselves unless we're close to whiteness, that Blackness is like a monolithic thing that, you know, there's only one way to do it. Yeah, I could see. 
how somebody could feel that way, right? Don Shirley, though, did not strike me as somebody who was struggling <laughs> to fit into the Black community, right? Now, maybe he chose, oh, like, he could have been somebody who was on that respectability politics bullshit. Sure, you know, he could have been like, oh. I, 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 uh, I would agree with that. I would assume yeah. that he actually was a little bit there. Right. So, like, okay, you know, he might have a certain view of the Black community or where it's right. going or all of these things, yada, yada, yada. Right. But I don't feel like he, I feel like his conflict was probably more, you know, if he's saying he's offended the black community, it could be because of his queerness. So he could feel like he's being ostracized because he is queer. Right. He's being out. out, Yeah. 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 So that could be it, but he doesn't say that. He says, I'm not black enough for black people and I'm not white enough for white people is an insane thing to say. Mahershala acts as definitely an insane thing to think, you know? So like, again, credit to Mahershala for doing that. They, make up because tony's like you know i guess you're right whatever they drive back up a police officer pulls them over but this is a good police officer who just wants to let them know that their back tire is a little bit flat let me help you with that they get back up you know in the snowstorm tony's falling asleep uh doc shirley's like oh let me let me tuck you into the back and drive you back to your home he drives it back to his home uh don shirley gets out he's like this is actually the most egregious moment to me in the movie (laughs) is the is the ending merry christmas go be with your family i'm gonna go sit alone in my opulent in my opulent apartment above carnegie goddamn hall and i'm so fucking lonely that i'm gonna get out get back in my car drive over to a house where moments before he walks in one of tony's relatives says Ooh, how was it with the, you know, like, again, whatever racial slur there is. With the moon cricket. You, you drove yeah. around with the moon cricket. And the, the, the <laughs> ex, like, the showing of Tony's growth, the most that we do is he says, Well, hey, we don't call him a moon cricket anymore. We call him a fucking moon ant, bro. Like, we can't do that. We can't right. do that, ain't it? Don't call him that. And everybody's like, hmm. Okay. Oh, Okay. I'm, I'm Dr. sorry. Shirley walks in and they're like, hey, Dr. Shirley, hey, we're so we just learned about, so we just glad learned about to see you. Five seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And it's like, in what world is Don Shirley's life made better by these people? Like, in what? Why did he need this? Why, why did he need this? You know what? If I'm Don Shirley, hell yeah, I'm staying alone in my goddamn big ass apartment. And you know what? Shirley I'm going to order Chinese. I'm going to play some piano and I'm going to entertain my goddamn self. I'm calling all the famous black people I know. <laughs> I live by Carnegie Hall. I'm not at a lot black for entertainment. Come on. You know what I mean? Because it's like, again, people talk about how this is a feel-good movie, how it makes them feel good. I question Fuck who's them. feeling what, who's feeling good about what, what is, what is it that makes you feel good about this? But also... What is the lesson of this movie? Because Tony yeah, what did you learn? Not... Because Tony didn't learn it. He didn't. Tony change. didn't learn it over the two hours. This movie, by the way, this movie is long. It's this movie is too long. It's way too long. Too long. What is it? Fucking! I don't even it's know. I'm looking hours. it up. It's over two hours. Doesn't earn it. No. Two ten. Doesn't you know. earn it. I, I I used to have this conversation with people at my job. You got to earn two hours. Yes. As a movie. Yes. You have to. A, a movie should be. An hour 30, 90 minutes, no more, no, no more, no less. Yes. You can teach the whole story in an hour 30. If you get to two hours, you are saying you have words for us. 
And, and again, we've seen this movie a million times. This is not a new concept, a new idea. Nothing new is being communicated here. This you aren't teaching me anything. That you have seen a million times. So the fact that it's two hours is, again, violence. It is insulting <laughs> to think that this movie needed to be this long. But, but again, Rude. I ask, what is the lesson that anybody learns? Because there's all this talk about how both of them found each other and learned about each other and hey, man. became better. What? How did Don Shirley become better? Become better. Become, did he become a be better pianist? with Tony. After meeting a guy who called him a moon cricket or an eggplant or a food that he's not? We're going to, we're going to do a transition here from uh, talking about the movie to talking about the reception of the movie and the, the critical claim and all that stuff, because this is what's absurd, right? So, I mean, the, the whole movie is absurd, but like... It, we getting, just spoke for a long time about a very absurd film. Getting out of it, though, right? So Viggo Mortensen got in trouble because he said nigger at a press conference. Because he said nigger at a press conference. He was, he in was, front of Mahershala, by the way. Right. Like, he was, right in front of him. He was trying to communicate an idea. Right? But he was trying to say that that's a bad word. He was, and he was, wouldn't be caught dead saying it. He was trying to say that's a bad word. He was trying to say it. Even though he said it. He was, he was trying to say that just because we don't use that word or people don't use that word, that it doesn't mean that they're not harboring racist ideas or thoughts or intent right, right, right. or perpetuating racist systems. This is Viggo Mortensen saying this. His character learns nothing. <laughs> Just because he doesn't say nigger does not mean that he's doesn't. racist. He meets a black man, is forced to be with him for two months for means of employment and yeah, then yeah just to the get the bag just to get the bag it wasn't even about learning about racism no comes it was back. about the bag and he's like i guess this one's okay <laughs> we good we good does this be again same man that upon seeing an asian man just blurts out like a racial slur just on oh sight. yeah look at this uh look at this guy here <laughs> You know there's all I mean? kinds of Asian-ness going on. I don't like it. So you're telling me that he just loved Black people from then on, that he just loved Latinx people and Asian people and yeah. never had anything bad. No, and had no problems people. with gay people or anything like that. Just loved them with such a human, loving, empathetic... Just a, just a fountain of acceptance. Don Shirley... Ever gave, brimming. You know what I mean? Ever brimming. What did he give? Don, like, I'm just, I'm struggling to figure out what he gave to Don Shirley. What did this man do that improved this man's life at all? Tony Lip was Don Shirley's Nelson Mandela. <laughs> he was. This man taught him. Yeah. Taught him to love. Taught him to love. <laughs> I just. No matter your color. I can't. I just, I can't. I can't. So that's. That's Green Book, the movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't have to watch it. You just watched it. Don't watch it. You just it. watched it here. Yeah. White people can't save you. What's up, everybody? This is Jordan Clark. Just wanted to thank you so much for listening to part one of our Green Book episode. It is a lot, was a lot. We have a lot of thoughts. Uh, and that's why this is two parts. Part two is available now, where we dive deeper into the critical reception of Green Book. We talk about Vigo Mortensen saying some things on the press tour. Uh, and a lot more. We also give our revision of the film where we make it 
100% about Dr. John Shirley as this movie should have been from the very beginning. But check that out. That is available now. Also, just please, 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 uh, it will really help us out. If you do all the things that people do with their podcasts, like, subscribe, give us the stars, tell your friends, all the things. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at white underscore pod on Twitter. You can also reach out to us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. So thanks so much. And uh, hopefully you enjoy part two. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be safe. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.